You're listening to the Good Samaritan Anglican Church Podcast. The following sermon was recorded on November 20th, 2018 at the Good Samaritan Anglican Church Thanksgiving service. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full, and you have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions, and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Beware lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers, as it is to this day. And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish, like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you. So shall you perish, because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I've, I've been noticing something recently um, about my socks. And, and here's what I've been noticing. It's that when I, when I put my socks on, I stick my foot in there and then um, my toes come out the bottom. I, I don't know. It, it's a problem. But I found every pair of socks I've ever owned eventually does this. Let me show you one other thing. Recently, uh, you all know... You all know that I love Crocs, right? I, I wear these most days. And as I've been walking my dog in the morning, I've been feeling the rocks on the sidewalk just a little bit more. Until recently, I, I picked up my Croc and I noticed uh, after I was stepping in a puddle that the bottom of my foot was wet. And it's because, I, I don't know, you can probably see my, my finger through there. There's a hole in the bottom of my shoe. Well. I don't know, I, I kind of feel like when I buy something, it should kind of last forever. This is what my wife tells me anyway. Uh, we're, we're convinced that when you buy your clothes, they should, you know, especially the ones you like, you shouldn't have to ever have to buy them again because they should just, you know, you should just be able to put them on and, and wear them and enjoy them. But for some reason, every pair of shoes, every pair of socks, every pair of jeans, eventually they start getting holes in them and wearing thin, and then I have to throw them away. But not in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, uh, we heard tonight from Jerry a reading from Moses. And Moses was, of course, the the leader who led God's people out of Egypt, out of their slavery there. He led them into the wilderness where God called them to go. And they had a a journey in the wilderness for how many years? Forty. Forty years. Forty years in the wilderness. And at the end of this journey, Moses is reflecting back on all that's happened 
and he's sort of giving his last sermon before he climbs up the mountain and goes to die by himself because he wasn't permitted to enter into the land that God was giving to his people. And so the whole book of Deuteronomy is really basically his final sermon to the Jewish people. His last words to them. And so this chapter 8 comes right in the midst of these last words to God's people as they're preparing to enter into the promised land. And so he reminds them of some some pretty amazing things. He reminds them in verse 4 of what we read tonight. Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these 40 years. That's pretty remarkable, isn't it? Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your, your shoes did not wear out either for these 40 years in the wilderness. Now, that doesn't sound like my clothes. doesn't sound like my shoes. But this is, in fact, what happened for all of the hundreds of thousands of God's people who journeyed together in the wilderness for 40 years as they were seeking the promised land that God had said that he would give to them. God had provided for them. And God didn't just keep their clothes on their their backs and their shoes on their feet. God also provided them with food. Because the, the people of God never lacked food. And when they started to think they were going to lack food, God created manna out of nothing. He allowed it to just settle on the ground like the the dew of the field. And the people could collect what they needed for that day, every morning, and then they could eat it, and then the next day it would be there again. Every single day, God provided for them. For 40 years. And sometimes I, th- I think we look back on that story and we, we can't quite fathom 40 years. But that's, that's half of most people's lifetime. A lot of you have been around for at least 40 years, so just think about the section of your life that represents 40 years, and then think about all the different sets of clothing that you've worn during that time. Think about all of the Thanksgiving meals that you've had during that time, and all the other meals in between. God provided that out of nothing. And remember, these were not settled people. They were wandering in the wilderness. So you can't very well uh, get out your tractor and start plowing the fields and make wheat or corn. God actually provided every meal for them that they needed. And so you think that with indestructible clothing and limitless food, the Israelites would be thankful to the Lord their God. But over and over and over again, we hear stories of the Israelites grumbling, being dissatisfied, not being thankful for the things that the Lord was providing for them. And so as they're getting ready to to move into the promised land, Moses shares these words in chapter 8 with them. He reminds them of the goodness of God. He reminds them of the provision of God. And then he warns them. And this is what he warns them. This is in chapter 8, verse 12. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them in the promised land, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Those are good things. Jump down to verse 17. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the strength of my hand have gotten me this wealth. 
That's his warning to the people of God. Why does he warn them in this way? You would think that with the indestructible clothes and the, the manna without limit, that they would, they would just be thankful and they would remember God's blessings. But Moses knew that there was going to be a temptation for them as they entered into the promised land to not remember what God had done. To not remember that it was God who had provided them that good land that was full of copper and full of all the good things that they could possibly want to eat. Pomegranates. He warns them because they and we all have a tendency deep down inside of us to look to ourselves when things are going well and to blame God when things are going poorly. I'll say that again. We all look within ourselves and we, we, we puff ourselves up and we, we think it's all due to ourselves when things are going well, but we blame God when things are going poorly. But we have to remember that all of those blessings indeed come from God. And so there's a distinct danger in not giving credit where credit is due. And I think the, the main danger of this is pride. And the secondary danger which comes from the pride is anxiety. And so pride first. We heard uh, in the, the lesson tonight Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. That's the danger, and it's the danger of pride. In fact, when Jerry was reading it, he even said the word proud. You may become proud in your hearts. That pride is a danger because the pride puts ourselves in God's place. It makes us the provider instead of God the provider, even though he's the one who gave it all to us in the first place. And so when we give the credit to ourselves, it puffs us up, and the sin of pride infects us. And this is the same sin that led to the fall of Satan. Satan wanted to put himself in God's place. He wasn't satisfied to be a creature. He wasn't satisfied to worship God and to serve him. He wanted others to serve himself. He wanted to put himself in God's place. And since that time, that's one of his favorite temptations with which to bring us down. Satan loves to tempt us with pride. But this is a foolish thing to do. If any of you have ever gone sailing, and I know some of you have, imagine a beautiful day out on Doctor's Lake or in the St. John's River with the wind at your back and your sail is full of wind and you're sailing along really well and, and everything's going nicely. And now compare that to a day that has no wind. I remember one day I, I was with a friend of mine, we were up in um, Annapolis, and we were going sailing out in the Chesapeake Bay, and so we thought we would sail from where the boat was docked to my friend's mother's house, which was on a, a little inlet. Uh, it was a good journey away, and so we got out in the boat and, and we actually just sat in the Chesapeake Bay for hours upon end, trying our hardest to get our sail to fill with wind and eventually giving up and using the electric motor that was equipped on the, on the boat that we were sailing in. And that's the difference between how we act when we're puffed up with pride and when we're convinced that we ourselves are doing all of this. You're tempted to think, oh, I'm a pretty good sailor. Wind at my back, my sail full of wind, I'm cruising along so fast. But the one who gave you that wind can just as easily take that wind away, and you'll just be a boat sitting in water going absolutely nowhere.
In verses 18 and 19, Moses says, You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers, as it is to this day. And if you forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them, I solemnly warn you today that you shall surely perish. That's the danger of convincing ourselves that we have gotten this stuff for ourselves, that we have provided the food, that we have provided the clothing, that we have provided the house. Because all these blessings come from God. Any wealth that we have, whether it's great or small, all of it comes from the Lord's provision. That's what Moses is saying to his people. And so then we get to the the secondary danger. On the heels of pride, we get anxiety. Because when we give ourselves credit for the provision in our lives, it means that we also take on the responsibility for future provision. And then we can begin to ask ourselves questions like, what if I can't make another sale? What if I run out of ideas? What if my strength gives out? What if people realize that I'm a phony? Right? Everything you have could come crashing down underneath you when the people realize that you're not everything that you think you are. And when the things that you've been trusting in, in yourself, give out. But the good news is there is a different way. It's the way of Jesus. And so we have one of, I think, the the most comforting passages in the gospel that we read tonight. Do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will put on. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat and what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. We don't need to be anxious because the Lord has promised to provide. He's promised to take care of us, to give us all the things that we need. Your Heavenly Father knows that you need these things, and He delights to give them to you. And so we can remove the provision of burden by putting the credit back where the credit belongs, squarely on the Lord's shoulders and not on our own. And then we don't have to bear that burden of provision. We don't have to bear that. Not that we don't have to, at the same time, be responsible and diligent for the things that he calls us to. We can't just sit on the couch and eat potatoes and watch watch potato chips and watch TV all day. We have to be faithful to do the things that the Lord calls us to do. It says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. So there's, there's a responsibility that we bear. But he's going to bear the provision the responsibility of the provision. In 1926, Henry Ford was the first, uh, first company owner to institute the 40-hour work week that we all know and love today. Right? Before that, people would work at least six days a week. They'd take Sunday off because Sunday was respected as the Lord's Day back then, and so nobody would work. You couldn't go to the store on Sunday. You couldn't You couldn't do anything but go home and read your Bible and and eat your meal on Sunday after you go to church. 
but all the other days were work days. And so people were used to working very long hours for very low wages. And so in 1926, Henry Ford instituted this 40-hour work week, and everybody thought he was crazy. And this was just a few years after he had doubled what the wage, the minimum wage for his workers would be, twice what every other company was offering them. Now, why did he do all that? Like I said, people thought he was crazy. Well, he did it in part because he thought it would be good for the people, but his motives weren't entirely altruistic. He also believed, and I think he was right, that people need rest to be able to be productive in their work. And so he thought, and, and I think it was true, that if you give people an adequate wage and give them enough time that they can rest and spend time with their families and be refreshed, then they'll work all the harder in those 40 hours that they have to work. And this is not dissimilar from what the Lord is sharing with us in Matthew this evening. He doesn't want us to bear the burden of the responsibility of provision. He doesn't want us to worry about where the food is coming from, to worry, worry about where the clothes are coming from, to worry about where we're going to sleep at night. He's promised to take that burden upon himself so that he can release us and free us to do the work of his kingdom. He doesn't want us to be anxious about those earthly things. He knows that we need them. But he doesn't want us to be anxious about them because he wants us to be busy doing the work that he's given us to do. The business of his kingdom. Making disciples. Sharing his love with people who don't know him. Building up the body of Christ, of Christ and encouraging one another. And so God takes that responsibility so that we can do the things that he's called us to. The way that we can put the burden back on God's shoulders when we're feeling anxious, the way that we can stop being anxious about those earthly things is to give thanks. And that's what Thanksgiving is all about, which we're celebrating this week. It's about giving thanks to God for all the ways that he blesses us and cares for us. It's putting the burden off of our shoulders and back onto his shoulders and being thankful for what he's done for us. And so when we say thank you to God, we remember that he's the source of all that we have. And in doing so, we can build up our trust that the good, good Father who loves us and has always provided for us will continue to provide for us into the future. And the longer you live, the longer you trust in God's provision, the more you know that his provision is rock solid, that it's not going away, that when he's cared for you in the past, you know that he'll care for you tomorrow and the next day and next year and into the future. So, let us give thanks. I'm going to walk around with the microphone in just a moment. You don't have to say anything if you don't want to, but if you'd like to say something, this is your opportunity to share some of the things that God's been doing in your life this year, some of the ways that you're thankful. And at the end, uh, we'll, we'll share in a litany of thanksgiving and give God thanks for all the blessings of this life. This has been a production of Good Samaritan Anglican Church in Middleburg, Florida. For more sermons, sermon notes, and information about our congregation, please visit www.goodsamaritananglican.org slash sermons. If this podcast has been helpful to you, please subscribe and leave us a review with your favorite podcast player. Thank you for listening. God bless you.